Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. So this morning I was asked to share around uh, relationship and marriage. Luke mentioned the sermon I prayed, which I oh, prayed, pre- uh, preached. I cannot remember that, but he does. So forgive me, it's probably something completely different. It was many years ago. But I want to share with you around the purpose of marriage since it is Relationship Month. Um, why do we marry? Why do we marry? And then also a follow-up question might be, why do we stay married? So I first want to ask this question and ask you, why do you think do we marry? Completeness, yes. Why do we marry? Love, yes. (laughs) We marry because of love. (laughs) We love someone. (laughs) We love someone and we love them so much that we want to spend the rest of our lives with this person. And we want to formalize it. Before somebody else does. In my case. (laughs) I was so lucky to find my wife. I just wanted to clinch this deal as soon as possible. Um, we, 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 We want to marry because we love somebody so much that we want to spend the rest of our lives together. And we formalize it through a covenant that says, I commit myself to you because I, I love you. So that's why we marry. Why do we stay married? A covenant. Um, a covenant of love. You know, love starts with a lot of emotions. Um, but it gets challenged <laughs> with time. Those emotions, because there are different emotions that come to play. Um, Because when we initially see each other and respond to one another, we only see the best in each other. And then as time continues, we discover other aspects that we didn't see in the beginning. And... um, We stay together not just because of love, but because of a covenant that we made. And if you stay long enough together, you change. (laughs) And you become more of a lovable person. And and that's the the story of marriage. Um, It starts in love, it ends in love, and we change in that, through that, in that environment and because of love, we change to become more lovable. That's the purpose of a relationship. It's the same with God. We love because He first loved us and and as we respond to His love, He changes us to become more like His Son. And He remains committed to us irrespective of our weakness and our failures. And all our, with all our best intentions, we don't always live that out. And yet He remains faithful towards us. He remains committed towards us. He continues to love us. 
despite who we are. And he is committed to, to transform us, to change us in this environment of love through his Holy Spirit to become more like his son. That's our relationship with him. And in essence, that is what marriage is. Um, so the reason we marry is because of love. So what is love? Is love a feeling or is love a choice? So what is the purpose of marriage? In, in Matthew 19 from verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So interesting, as Jesus speaks about marriage, he, he refers back to the beginning of creation when, when God created everything in six days and he created everything perfect and wonderful without any sickness, disease, or death, or flaw, or anything that could blemish. It was a perfect creation a perfect environment. And at the end of it all, God decided to make something uniquely different to the rest of creation. He decided, let us make man. Let us make man in our image and likeness. And so God created man, male and female, in the image and likeness of God. And He created us different in His image and likeness because He wanted us to, to know Him to represent him in the midst of his creation. And, and so man is different to the rest of creation. It's different to the animals. There's something unique about man that makes us different to the rest of creation. And that something is the fact that we were created in the image and likeness of God. That's why we are completely different to the monkeys. In case you haven't noticed. We are completely different to the monkeys. Because we were created differently. We were created in the image and likeness of God. And with that, there was a purpose. The purpose of making man, male and female, in the image and likeness of God, different to the rest of creation, is that we may reflect His character and nature in the midst of creation. That we may have a relationship with Him that is different to the rest of creation. And that relationship that God created us for is called love. It's not instinct. It's called love. It's a big difference between the two. One you are programmed to do, the other one is a choice. And so God created us differently for a relationship in which we get to know and reflect who He is and represent Him, have dominion over everything as His representative in the midst of creation, in this relationship with Him that's called love. And that's why God gave us something that He did not give the rest of creation. It's called free will. The ability to choose. And if you think about it, that is what makes love so special. Anybody here? In love at the moment? 
good. Anybody here? <laughs> it's just a test. Anybody here that is in a relationship not yet engaged or married? Can we organize something for you guys? There's a hand at the back. There's a, is there anybody else? We've got one gentleman that's in a relationship with, without the girl. <laughs> Shucks. Is there any other couple here? Any couple? Anybody engaged? Okay, we're all the single people. Put up your hand. Can you all just please stand? Going to make a choice right now. Okay, let's talk to the married people. Can you still remember? <laughs> Can you still remember when you were dating? Can you still remember? Uh, okay, but well you raised your hand. Sorry, what is your name? Alta and Kevin. Now, let's use Alta and Kevin as an example. They still remember. <laughs> yes, they still remember. That's good. You know what makes love so special is because Kevin chose Alta amongst all the women in the world. He saw her, and there was something that happened in his heart. And he chose to pursue her until he could win her over. Was it a long process? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're missing it. Okay, you saw something in Kevin. <laughs> Amongst all the men, <laughs> you saw something in him. And you chose to pursue him. <laughs> Until that day when both of you <laughs> felt the same. <laughs> Until. Because it normally starts from one side, doesn't it? Huh? But what makes love so special is... Is how does it make you feel, Kevin? Very special because somebody chose you. Somebody chose in the midst of all the options there. Somebody chose you and said, I want to be with you. I, I, I love you. I think you're amazing. I think there's something special about you that I want to be with you. Share with you who I am. And that grew to the point where you were convinced that the feeling was mutual. And then, of course, that very scary day when, I think it was the guy, normally. But there is exceptions, clearly. <laughs> who asked who out? <laughs> oh, he did. Okay, great. <laughs> the most scary time in a man's life when you approach this lady, which you have seen and, and kind of pursued to get to know and... You know, you find out what she eats and what she, she likes, what flowers, what music, what shows, and, and, and you kind of lure her in. And you wear your best clothes and you smell always nice and you do your very best to impress. You know, like in the little birds do. You know, you do your very best to catch her attention and, and then comes this time when, when you're kind of sure that the feeling is mutual, where you ask this question. Will you be my girlfriend? <laughs> Main squeeze, whatever you call it these days. 
I don't know. <laughs> Can you still remember that day, those who were married? The most vulnerable day in a man's life where you present your heart on a platter and the girl can say, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I think we should just be friends. I, I, I never saw you that way. <laughs> Have you ever gone through that before? <laughs> like that's like, that's very vulnerable. Um, or she can say, yes, I, 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 I like you too. I would love to be your mind squeeze. <laughs> or whatever you call it these days. What makes love special is because of a choice. Because you choose. Somebody chose me. That makes us feel unique and special. That's what makes love so powerful. And that's why God created us. Because God wants not just to love us. He wants us to love him back. And so he gave man free will. But with that free will comes the possibility of rejection. When we bring our heart on a platter before the lady and she says, you know, it's not for me. You're not the one. And so God created us, and, and so we were created to be loved by God and to love God back. And in that relationship with Him of love, also loving others. And in that love, reflecting His likeness and His image in this world. So we were created to, to be loved and to love. I mean, that's what Jesus said. You know, you can take the whole law and the commandments, you can summarize it in these two things. You must love God, you must love your neighbor. That's the purpose of life. The purpose of life is to love. To be loved and to love. And so God created us male and female for that very purpose that as we are in this relationship with him, it can overflow in the expression of love towards one another. In a covenant that reflects who he is. So our purpose is to reflect God through the way we love, through the way we love, love and holiness. Is how we reflect God. In our love and in our holiness is how we reflect who He is. This relationship in a covenant called marriage is meant to reflect something. It's meant to reflect the image and likeness of God. And that's what we read here in Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 21. It speaks of this purpose and mystery of marriage. And it just gives us a glimpse into it. And it starts here by saying in verse 21, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's a very powerful word, submission. This word submit in Greek, it means to arrange yourself under. So marriage is about arranging yourself under the other. Literally exalting the one above the other as you arrange yourself underneath the other. 
It's a, it's a beautiful word. We, we've made it to mean something harsh and something to be feared and to rebel against. But submission literally means to arrange yourself under the other. And so God says in marriage you are to arrange yourself under each other. Wife under the husband, husband under the wife. And you have this beautiful cycle of the one submitting himself under the other. And therefore, it says, wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as unto the Lord. You know, that's the way God loves us. He arranged himself under us. He let go of his glory, became man, not to be served, but to serve, arranging himself as a servant for us. In the form of a servant coming, not born in wealth or, or royalty or, or splendor, but in a feeding bucket. Coming to serve us ultimately to lay down his life for us, to die for us. And how do we respond to this love of God where he arranged himself under us to serve us and to give his life for us? How do we respond to this? We call him Lord. <laughs> and we arrange ourselves under him. And we serve him as he serves us. And so marriage is meant to be a reflection of something greater. It's meant to be a reflection of God's love for us and our love for him. Therefore it says, wives, submit yourself to your own husband as unto the Lord. It's meant to be a reflection of a relationship with God. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to their own husbands in everything. It's meant to be a reflection of a relationship. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word and to present her to himself a radiant church without strain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, you know, husbands, you must love your wives as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? He arranged himself under her. He gave his own life for her. He loved her at the cost of himself. At the cost of himself so that she can flourish. That's how Christ loved the church. Husbands, this is how you ought to love your wives in the same way. As not just a good principle of a successful, happy life in marriage, but as a reflection of something greater. In the same way, verse 28, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one hates his own body, but they feed and care for the body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and they shall become one flesh. But I speak of a profound mystery of Christ and the church. This mystery of the two becoming one is just a reflection of something greater of Christ and the church. Marriage is meant to be a reflection of the image and likeness of God in His relationship with us and our relationship with Him. That's the purpose of marriage. And why this reflection? 
What is the purpose of it all? It's in this environment that God desires that we procreate, have children. That we can procreate the image and likeness of God that it may spread throughout the earth. That our children may grow up in an environment where the father loves the mother and the mother loves the father. That the father is willing to, to, to arrange himself under his wife even at the cost of himself so that she can flourish and she arranges herself under her husband in respect and honor as she esteems him so that the children grow up in an environment where they understand the love of the father, the love of God to the church and our love to him. So that when they grow up, they can relate to a God that calls himself Father. <laughs> I want you to call me Father. So God wants us to, 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 to grow up in an environment where we can see through the love of our parents who God is. I, I've met so many young people as I was ministering for years at Stellenbosch with students. How some students, because of a broken home, struggles to identify with a loving father, a God that calls himself father. Because of what they have experienced, what they have seen. And so marriage is such an amazing environment in which children can grow up with, with the security and understanding of, of God's love and our response to his love. That's the purpose of marriage. That we will reflect the image and likeness of God as we procreate and continue with his image and likeness. So God calls us to this amazing privilege. Malachi 2 says, Did he not make them one with a portion of his spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. <laughs> We're seeking for us to live and love that as our children grow up, that they will know who God is. You know, marriage and loving your spouse in the way God desires us to is an act of worship. It's not just an emotional response. It's not just principles for an happy life. It's an act of worship, honoring God in loving each other the way He loves us. That's his desire for us. But not only that, when we love, love by God's definition, when we start to love by God's definition, God is manifested to the world. His image and likeness is seen, experienced by the world. Through the way. This world has so many broken marriages. Today, if you have children in school, Probably half the class comes from a broken family. The world so desperately needs to see marriages that works. They don't believe in it anymore. They don't even do that anymore. It's old-fashioned. More out of response of their own hurt and own experience of marriages that did not work, that did not reflect. And, and so, when we love the way God calls us to love, God is manifested to the world around us. Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, 
that you love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. What a powerful statement. This is the new commandment, that you must love one another as I have loved you. By this, the world will know, by this, the world will know that you are my disciples. Not by your miracles or your great sermons or your great buildings, but the way you love one another. This is how the world will know that you follow me, that you know me. It's the way you love one another. You know, another aspect of God's love is the fact that loves, that love manifests in, in serving. When, when we serve one another, I mentioned it earlier. You know, seeking to do what pleases the other. Seeking to do what pleases the other. I don't know if you remember your first date, but, but you actually did a lot of intentional or unintentional research about this girl. I mean, what is she like? What is she um, motivated? What does she enjoy? What are the things that pleases her? What kind of restaurant will I take her to? What kind of show would we go? What movie? What, what coffee shop? And, and this is a whole journey of discovering what pleases her. And so you end up watching a ballet show. Never in my life would I thought being caught alive in one of those places. But then I discovered Lisa loves it. So I go watch shows. You know, it's like, hallelujah. Do I like shows? No. <laughs> Have I ever liked one? No. <laughs> but she loves it. So that's where we go. Wanting to do what pleases her. Because I love her. You know, Christianity is, we, we're quick to say it's not a religion, it's a relationship. What does that mean? Well, it literally means in a relationship, you do what pleases the other. Christianity is not primarily about what is right and wrong. Christianity is primarily a relationship with God, a love relationship, because He loves us. We love Him. And because we love Him, we, we seek to find the things that pleases Him. And in seeking to find out what pleases Him, we get to His commandments. And then we do those things that, that is pleasing in His sight. We do that what we know that, that, that pleases Him. Religion is about right and wrong, so that in doing what is right and wrong, you may have a relationship with Him. But a relationship with Him is because He loves me and I love Him, I want to do the things that pleases Him, and therefore I find out what are these things. Because if it's only about right and wrong, you know what we do? We do the minimum. That's what we do if it's only about right and wrong. We find the minimum requirement. And then we go find the loopholes. Like with tax or with tithing. You know, is it, 
is het, is het net toe, of is het brit toe, weet hoe, wat, wie, you know, if you, if you find out what pleases someone, you go over and above whatever the minimum is, because it's not about what's right and wrong, it's, 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 it's not about, you know, shall I, you know, date this unsaved guy, You know how many conversations I have with young girls? They meet this hunk with a 12-pack. Yeah. The other options, yeah, one, one pack, two pack. <laughs> Multi-pack. <laughs> but this guy, yo, he's got so much potential. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know how many times I've heard that? <laughs> he's got so much potential. And now we can debate what is right, what is wrong, what is the minimum requirement, where are the loopholes, all the testimonies of the unsaved guy that, you know, after years became a Christian and what amazing. Yeah, that's one out of the ten. The other nine, they sit on my couch and cry their eyes out. And so we can have this debate for hours about what is right? What is wrong? What are the minimum requirements? Where are the loopholes? And where's all the exceptions? Because everybody thinks they're the exception. Or we can ask the question, but what would please the Lord? That's a very quick... I, I, I no longer try to convince people what is right and wrong. I just, I just, I just ask, what do you think would please the Lord? Very simple. He says, don't be unequally yoked. Oh, if that's going to please you, Lord, I'm going to do that. Because <laughs> I love you. I want to do the things that pleases you. And, and so, so love expresses itself in doing what pleases the other, and therefore it leads me to the commandments of God. Because I want to know, I want to find out what are the things that pleases you. And we find that from Genesis all the way to revelations. What pleases the Lord? Now, God didn't change when Jesus came. He still hates the same things that he hated in the Old Testament. We're just in this, this dispensation of grace. <laughs> but it didn't change him. There are certain things that, that God really does not like. There are certain things that God hates. There's certain things that really ticks him off. If you don't know what I'm talking about, read the Old Testament. You'll get to places like Sodom and Gomorrah and other places you can really see. Ooh, sensitive issue. Yeah. It's good to know. <laughs> it's good to know. Now we live in this dispensation and we just, oh, well, that's not a problem. Let's go there. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, it's not the same. And, and so we want to know what pleases you. I want to know. I want to. Like, like Moses, when, when, he, when, he, when he met God so powerfully on the mountain. You know, remember, Moses didn't know who God was. When, when God spoke to him through the burning bush, you know, and God told him to go back to his people, to set his people free, he said, but, but to whom shall I say, send me? Who are you? He says, I am who I am. <laughs> Tell them, I am sent you. 
Okay. And then when he got back to God on the mountain, finally, after getting his people out so powerfully, Moses prayed something. He said, Lord, teach me your ways that I may know you. And so God did. This is who I am. And, and, and so in that desire of, of wanting to know who you are, who, who is this God, this, this, this almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God, a consuming fire that, that created and sustains the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords that comes to the earth, born in a, not in a palace, in fame and wealth, but in a feeding bucket. Who, who is this God? What does that say? <laughs> Helps us to understand when God says, you know what's the greatest in the kingdom? It's the humble. Because I am humble. Oh. <laughs> wow. I want to be like you. Teach me. Show me. And, and so it becomes this, this adventure of getting to know what pleases the Lord and living that over and above the minimum. It's that is the, the law is just an expression of who you are, the things that you like, the things you dislike. I, I, I want to live what you like, not try to get as close as possible to the things you dislike. I, I want to live because I love you. And that's what makes it different. How much time do I have left? Is it minus six minutes? Is that what it means? Is that it? That's it. I must end off. Okay. Shucks. Good. You know, when I'm seeking to please God, obedience becomes easy. And I'm not obedient because I have to. He already loves me. <laughs> I don't have to prove myself. He chose me. And he loves me, so I want to love him back. So I find out what are these things. And that's why Jesus says in John 14, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Continues in verse 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. God is not a fool. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. How powerful is that? I will manifest myself to him. Those who seek me, seek me diligently. Wanting to know me and please me. I will manifest myself to them. In, one, in John 15, he says, As my Father loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. What an invitation. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You see, the purpose of marriage is to love. Love in such a way that God is reflected. We stay married. Not because of emotions. Because that's what pleases Him. That's what pleases him. Because he has a purpose for us being together. And it's not about me. It's about him. 
I'm not the center of the universe. <laughs> he is. And he loves me. And I have this privilege to love him back. To do the things that pleases him. I wanted to share some practical things, but our time is up. I'll end up with this verse. In 1 John 4, it says something powerful that God's love that starts with his love for us and our response to him and in marriage is reflected to the way we love each other. It says in 1 John 4 verse 12, it says, No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected amongst us. I just want you to meditate upon that for the week. <laughs> for a moment. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, the way he loves us, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected amongst us. There's only two types of people that will visit our churches. Those who know that God exists, but they're looking for an environment where they can grow closer to God. When they walk into an environment where we love each other the way He loves us, they all feel safe. <laughs> and then there's another type of person that walks in that door. They don't know if God exists. They don't. They want to see God. So they come here, well, let's give it a try. I want to see if God exists. God says, nobody's ever seen me. But if we love each other, the way he loves us, God abides in us. And he will experience something. If he walks into that door, you know, love is a choice. What is your name? Delano. He hopes not. Was that awkward? You know why? Because before I hugged him, I made a choice. I looked him in the eye and I chose to love him. It's not awkward. And I'm a man hugging another man. Like as an Afrikaner, ne? Skit my aunt, is it, please? That's how we greet. Yeah. You can also get out. <laughs> You've got many already. If somebody walks into that door and we choose to love them, we choose to love them, and then express that love in, in, in whether it's a hug or an, an interest, because I want to know you more, <laughs> because I love you. They're going to experience something that they have not experienced elsewhere. The worst that can happen is if somebody walks into this door for the very first time, there is a hundred people that notices them. Choose to love them. Walk closer. Look them in the eye. and Give them a hug and say, you are so welcome. Who are you? What do you do? Where do you come from? What do you like? You're a runner. 
Wow, I know people that run. Omu, he runs. Can I introduce you to Omu? He's also a runner. Imagine you're some people for the first time. You were hugged by 100 people. Well, you can't now because it's social distancing and all that, but you know. <laughs> Imagine it wasn't social distancing. <laughs> you would be freaked out. You would either go away and say, I'm never going back to that place. These are freaky people. But you know what? You would have experienced something that will draw you back. There was something about these people. There was something about them that was so different. Or you would go in here and you'll be overwhelmed by people noticing you, loving you. Either way, you're going to be changed because you're going to have an encounter. Something invisible. Yet so powerful. Which is an expression of an aspect, just an aspect of who God is. Love. And then so powerfully it says, and His love has been perfected amongst us. When we are able to love the way He loves us. God demonstrated His love by sending His Son to die for us. I always thought that demonstration of love, the purpose of that demonstration of love is perfected, completed. The, the Greek word is teleos, means complete. You know, when, you, when a potter starts with clay and he wants to make a jar, when, when he gets to the point where it is finished, when it's perfect, when he stops, he says, this is teleos. It's finished. It says God's love is teleos in us when we are able to love the way He loves. I thought that purpose of the expression of love is finished in me when I accept His love. God says that's only the beginning. <laughs> I, want to, I want to change you through my love. I want you to imitate my love. And the purpose of me loving you is not finished until you are able to love the way I love you then it is finished. <laughs> this morning I want to leave you with this. Are you willing to allow God to love you? To change you? Are you willing to imitate, respond to that love? By asking Him to shape you. Shape it to form you into that very expression of love that you have. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you, God, that you've loved us when we did not love you. And so, Lord, I pray that, that Lord, as we contemplate, meditate upon this great love with which you've loved us, accepted us, embraced us, and continue to, to shower your faithfulness and your kindness upon us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will come and, and transform us to become more like you. Lord, help us to remember it was a choice that you make to love us. Lord, that we will choose to love you back, but also, Lord, that we will choose to love others. Because that's how we express you most powerfully. God, I pray that as we leave this place, Lord, that we will look at people the way you look at them. 
with love and compassion. That we will see need and choose to do something. We will see loneliness and, and choose to reach out. That we will see brokenness and choose to bring comfort. That we will choose to love not just those who love us, but even our enemies the way you did. So I pray for this today. I just want you to take a moment just where you're seated and, and just respond to the Lord in your own words. Father, we thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. I pray, Father, that you will continue to shape us. Shape us with your love until we tell yours. Until we tell yours. So that you may be glorified in everything that we do and say. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for your patience. Um, there is coffee. There's coffee at the back. If you're here for the first time, you are so welcome. Please don't be freaked out when people hug you. Well, they're not allowed to, but introduce themselves to you. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's message. Tune in again next week, and we hope you have a great day.